Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Well, I'm I'm going to record. I'm recording as well. Yeah. But I'm 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 doing it all differently. I'm recording into my phone. With a lapel mic, oh, well, you, it's all changed you, for me. Right, then you should you should do the intro, and we should just let this happen. Okay, okay. It's one twenty-two, isn't it? I don't know. Yes. Okay, let's go with that. Hello, and welcome to chapter one hundred and twenty-two of the Corona Diaries. Is it really? And you've just frozen. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm perfectly warm. Oh, my God, I've lost him already. Oh, well, I, I, can, I, I can hear you. Oh, can yeah. you? All oh, right, I lost you for a moment then. No, no, I was here. I was here. You'd, you'd oh, better explain what the F's going on, Anthony. What the again. F's going on? Oh, no, you've frozen. Oh, oh shit. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Frozen with a good grin, though. Hello. Bald dash. Calling Spade. <laughs> Calling Spade. <laughs> Buenos dias. <laughs> Buenos dias, amigo. <laughs> Where have you gone? Oh, dear. Should I go into pause? What should I do? Hang on a bit, I'll go into pause. Just just a tick. Hello and welcome to chapter 122 of the Corona Diaries. <laughs> Buenos dias. Hey. Buenos dias. Oh, look at you with your Spanish. <laughs> I think you'll find that's, that's it. I've got that and oh, right, okay. hasta la vista. That's my lot. <laughs> it, it's, it's, I suppose has to be. That is Spanish, isn't it? Yeah, of course it's Spanish. Of course uh, it's Spanish. Uh, 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 we're, we're on a very temperamental Wi-Fi connection. I'm in a, I'm in a mm. coffee shop called uh, Vienna, I think. Oh, um, oh, yeah. It says so on the cup, actually. Hang on, hang on. Vienna. Oh, Vienna. Yes. Oh, v- Vienna. more Vienna because there's no, no just the one N, isn't it? Well, a Vienna. Just the one end. Vienna. Oh, what is the Spanish call Vienna, Vienna? Who can say? I haven't got a clue. Maybe it doesn't mean that at all. Maybe it means drain. Yes. Yeah. Drain at your leisure. <laughs> drain at your leisure. <laughs> this could be the shortest episode we've ever done. You do realise that, don't you? The shortest chapter ever if it all goes wrong and the Wi-Fi packs in. At least they'll know we tried. They'll know, we they'll know we tried. I'm going to explain. Title. I'm going to explain now. Anthony is on holiday in Spain, and uh, he he's he's on holiday in a I don't know a 
tent or a treehouse or something and there's no Wi-Fi. So he's had to go to the Vienna Cafe where the Wi-Fi is functional but temperamental. Um, Functional but temperamental, which is this week's T-shirt, I think, for me. Um, And so here we are. Anthony's in uh, sipping coffee. And uh, I could murder a cup of coffee, actually, but uh, I got a bit embroiled in the in the birthday cards this morning, and then looked up, and it, I was already twenty minutes late. So I never I, I never got my next I never got my next coffee. But never mind. I'll have it as a reward when we're finished. Oh, what's going on there? When we when is we're that, through. Is that the telly? Oh, have I stopped? Uh, yeah, that's the telly, and that's somebody making a coffee in the background. That's great. This is yeah. the gold that the subscribers tune in to hear. Well, well and yes. I, I mean, I was just going to say, because um, obviously I'm here, you're there. You've just got back from Denmark, haven't you? Yes, I have, yeah, night before last. So still, still arriving. I've got this theory that when you travel a long way at high speed, you, you leave your soul behind and it takes a couple of days to catch up. And that's why you feel a bit odd for a couple of days. So my soul is currently in a traffic jam on the M25. But I'm hoping it'll join me later. You could say that about a lot of people. There's a lot of people that leave their soul in the traffic jam on the M25. Yeah, never to return. Never to return. I I don't think we're going to get anywhere with the continuation of the uh, Dryland album story just because I think that'll be too complicated with with the technology available. So we might have to just riff a bit, I think, for for today. Go on. Um, I do have an update from your sisters. Oh, that's more than I've got. When I say your sisters, I do mean one sister. your Sue's been in touch um, uh-huh. to say that you did have a beer book. Um, but, it, but it wasn't your mum's because she was a committed Home Pride customer. Ah, I uh, see. And, and apparently that's because graded grains make finer flour. That is true. And I've been yeah. told to ask Fred. Yes. Yes, the flour graders. I do remember them. Graded grains make fine. See, this is the kind of shit our Sue remembers that I've forgotten years and years and years ago. Well, she hasn't finished yet. She's oh, going to carry yes, on. You are right. But they used to make us bake things from the bureau book at school, so I ordered one for cookery lessons. Wow. Um, appar- apparently, it was a waste of an effort, though, because I'm still shit at baking. Oh, well, I wouldn't say that. But that's, that's the update from Sue. Jill then came back and joined the conversation to say she's so far behind she hasn't got a clue what we're talking about. Have a happy holiday. Yeah, it sounds about right for our Jill. But apparently what Sue did say was that as she listens to the podcast, she literally screams at it to try and get you to remember the stuff that you should remember. <laughs> I sit there shouting when he can't think of things. On the bureau book, I was shouting, of course we did. It was long and thin, like an A4 folded long ways. There you are, you see? Oh, I'm bugging if I remember that. Oh, Sue's got an excellent memory for Minute, and and I I really um, I'm I'm so jealous that she still can effortlessly put her finger on all the tiny little things that happened in our childhood that have just 
faded away for me. Um, so it's always nice to have a little chat with her about uh, who I used to be because she can remember and I can't. Um, so she has all the details and and the and the flower graders all tucked away in her mind, <laughs> just as I have them all in a really vague cloud that's faded away. Is Sue the is Sue the glue that holds the three of you together? She is she that one in the middle? Do you all orbit around your Sue? No, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. I, I I'd say that. Um, we're also very different in a lot of ways, but then in other ways we're, you know, we have that common heritage and the background of the family, you know, of course, and so we're we're we're, we're very much, we're very close, and and the death of my mum and dad brought us closer together. Um, we were always close, but once my mum and dad had gone, we, we, I think you just subconsciously realise how important your family is, especially if you get on with them. And over the years I've realised how lucky we are to all get on with each other, because most people's families are horror shows. You know, there's always somebody they hate and somebody they, they, they're ashamed of and someone they don't talk to someone who's just beastly for no good reason and all of that and we are, we're lucky not to have any of those we're, we we get on really well uh, Sue and Jill are lovely and very funny as you know um, so I don't I wouldn't say our Sue's the glue that holds us together our Sue is the legal department you know if, uh, if, if we need a bit of legal advice or a bit of heavy hitting uh, we, you know, we wheel her in, and she uh, she gives us advice and hits people hard. Um, Jilly, uh, Jilly's lovely. She 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 and her husband Richard came out to see us in Denmark um, a, a week or so ago, and we had a few days together, and uh, we had a good giggle, and we had a lovely time. We had a lovely time, and I always have a lovely time with uh, with Jilly, um, and we always. We always have a good laugh when we're together, and we always we always put the world to rights in no uncertain times. Our, our, our Jilly's very uh, a bit like me, you know, just totally disillusioned and pissed off with Great Britain and its government. Um, and Jilly works in the um, social social sector. She works with children um, up in up in Yorkshire, and because she works um, in social services. She's got an even bleaker view of the government than people like me. Who just, I, I guess I've formed my bleak view by watching them on TV. Whereas uh, our Jill forms her bleak view by trying to deal with them and hearing them spout all this bullshit that at the cutting edge of, 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 of where it really counts, none of it is really happening. None of this good stuff they claim is going on is going on quite the reverse it's 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 very hard for social services and the councils to 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 do their job because everything's been cut to the bone um and despite all this leveling up nonsense that's been spouted um none of that's actually going on if you work at the at the coal face and jilly does so she's Whenever, whenever me and Jilly get together, we have a good old. 
about, about the government and the country. <laughs> she's, she's worse and, than and me. And then she makes you laugh. She's worse than me, darling. She really is. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a different note, I'm going to slightly shift tag, but say hello to Jill and Sue while we're here. And Jill, you'll be hearing this in about 2024 when you've caught up. So I hope you're still well. 18 months further down the line. <laughs> um, people tend to friend me on, on Facebook to send me information about uh, TCD. Uh, and Tim Kirkham did that very thing. And he sent me a very, very long message because he was in a band called Cut the Wire. And mm-hmm. Cut the Wire supported how we live at the Half Moon in Herne Hill wow. in South London in 86. Yeah, I remember the Half Moon. We used to play there quite a lot. I think we we might have supported Wang Chung at the Half Moon. I, oh, I do hope you did. I definitely saw them at the Half Moon. Whether or not we were playing with them, I can't imagine any reason I would have been there otherwise, unless unless we'd just gone down and checked them out. But yeah, I remember either supporting or being or or seeing Wang Chung at. Um, at the Half Moon. We had a lot of good memories of the Half Moon. And the Alarm. I remember seeing the Alarm at uh, the Half Moon as well. And, and I'm a big Alarm fan, you see. Oh. I'm, a big fa- I'm a big fan of the Alarm. And Mike Peters is absolute legend as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, yeah, lovely bloke. Uh, he's, hasn't he survived cancer like two or three times? Has he? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Just shove my stage with acoustic guitar, brilliant. Anyway, um, Tim Kirkham, while he was doing some searching around, found the ticket for this particular gig. It was Thursday, August the 7th. Um, cut the wire, supporting how we live, ex-Europeans, is what the ticket said. Um, and if you'd, got, if you'd got, it must have been a flyer, if you'd got the flyer, it was £2 to get in. I'm still ex-Europeans now, I suppose. And the new 12-inch EP, Need You Now, was out at that point. Ah, good lad. So, so there you are. So I'll, I'll, I'll send a copy of this over, um, so, and you can maybe post that on your, on your Insta feed. Okay. So someone sent a, a link to Rainer Shine's diary. Did you see that? It was. Uh, yes, it was and I'd read, it, I'd read it as well, actually. That was quite fascinating. I mean, doubly so mm. because she's no longer around. Uh, so that was quite poignant in a way, and lovely that she'd gone to the the trouble of writing those days days down. You know, the, I mean, I didn't realise we'd played so many gigs. I'd forgotten them all, but uh, there she is writing about them all, including the. Uh, the day I'd eaten the dope on the way to Edinburgh Playhouse. I think that got a mention there as well. So uh, it was it was reaffirmed. The horror was reaffirmed by Rainer. The horror was reaffirmed. There we have it. Bless her. Um, so thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim, for getting in touch and sharing sharing that. Sorry, it's always always nice for that kind of you know input, particularly when I look at you and your face goes, I haven't got a bloody clue what you're talking about. I don't remember any of that. No, so often the case. So, so often is the case. So often is the case. Um, we, we're going to get into the album in more detail now in 123, as I say, because we are struggling manfully on with the tech issues because there's quite a bit of a pause on this and it's a little bit difficult to actually, actually, uh, actually do this. 
Um, but one thing I did see, um, Rain was with you when you did the Christa Berg days, wasn't she? She was. Mm. Yeah. She was part of that, um, which also ties in with that's the um, that's the incident, isn't it? That's the Edinburgh Playhouse, Is it Edinburgh. Edinburgh Playhouse. Yeah, she she actually mentioned that H and was in Edinburgh. the bus eating some dope. All right, I saw that. I, I yes. stopped reading at that point because I couldn't relive it. Um, yeah. A woman in sunglasses has just gone past behind you, looking extremely Spanish, actually, Anthony. She's gone now. She's oh, gone okay. now. Maybe. Maybe I imagined it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by glass, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, there's, people, there's people in here drinking Fanta Limon and all sorts. It's just all going on. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Viva Fanta Limon. <laughs> that's all I've got to say. I'm, I'm looking at this recording I'm making today, and I'm yeah. looking at the signal going in, and I've got a sneaking suspicion that there's so much background noise that you're not going to be able to do anything with this. Just yeah. putting it out there. It's a quick technical note for us too. I think it'll have a vibe. Or fall apart. You think it'll have a vibe? Well, it is. You did say we shouldn't do it, and I said, I think it'll have a vibe, and let's give it a go. I, I did. Well, I... It kind of, it's me being it's me being all all risk averse because I thought well you've got decent Wi-Fi in your in your place in Denmark and I'm at home great let's get the recording done and you said no let's do it while you're in Spain yeah with some kind of gaffer tape together broadband yeah what could possibly go wrong keeping it real keeping it real um, on that very subject, actually going back a little bit to the, the rant you were having earlier on, though it's a rant I share about the state of the country, the one thing, because we were talking about this yesterday, I'm astonished by how well everything seems to be run here. I mean, aside from the fact that I am seeing the police everywhere, and I feel very safe because there is loads of law enforcement, not that it needs it, but there's that. There's the fact the place is absolutely immaculate. And incredibly, incredibly, you know, clean. And it just seems like it's it's remarkably well run. Yeah. And, and we're not we're not in the epicenter of anything. It's not like we're in the centre of Barcelona or this or the other. We're just in a small little resort, just at the top end of the Costa Brava. And yet everything seems to seems to work. I was saying to you because I'd filled the car up with petrol, the, the rental car, and at the moment. 20 cents in every euro of fuel cost is paid by the government because of the increased cost of fuel. That's incredible. Whether you're a tourist, whoever you are, it's just, it's just, it's just done. It's just, it just happens as a support to motorists. Yeah, that's cool, huh? You know, and Europe's got big plans for how it's going to reduce its energy usage and they, they're, going to, they're going to do loads of clever things to try and get energy usage down, aren't they? And they're going to break away from, from Russian gas supply this this winter is what they're saying mm. Mm. I don't know mm. I don't know that wry smile Boris was saying the other day that that they've issued new licenses for the North Sea in, in order to uh, to help us become more self-sufficient well first of all that means more fossil fuels you know because it's oil yeah and second of all they then had another chap on from the um, from the oil and gas industry who said that the normal time lag between a license being issued and the and the oil and gas coming aboard is 28 years <laughs> so <laughs> Boris is getting everything sorted <laughs> with a great sense of urgency well, well, well to be fair 
isn't it 50 years to bring a nuclear power station online or something? So, I mean, that's <sighs> technically 22 years better, isn't it? Or have I got my numbers wrong? That maybe it is, yeah. yeah God almighty. What are we going to do? Well, what I was going to ask you was, you, when do you start rehearsing? Very the, the soon. dates coming up. Yeah, I will, I, it, might, it might be next Monday, actually. I think it may well right. be th- this coming Monday. We'll, uh, as Mosley put it, uh, we'll meet and have a walk around the equipment. That's what happens on day one. <laughs> Must take him hours, the size of his kit. <laughs> well, it's a day's work. <laughs> <laughs> so next Monday we'll probably meet for a walk around the gear. You know, walk around it, nod, and go home again. And then turn up on Tuesday to switch things on. That's usually how it works. Because I'm, I'm trying, I don't actually know in my own head when the tour starts, but do you know? Uh, yes, because I read it out yesterday. Of course, I've already forgotten it, but I think it's the 18th of September uh, in right. Blackburn, Lancashire. Blackburn, like Lancashire. Yeah. So that's 17 days. Yeah. It's the first today, isn't it? We're in that month now, aren't we? We are. We are indeed in that month. So it, it, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be intense. I think um, various members of the band are still in various parts of the world. I think Steve Rothery's still alive. I think Mark's still in Brazil. Um, me and Ian have just come back. I'm not sure where Pete is. So Pete's still somewhere. I saw Fiona tucking into something that looked like it was being served in a foreign clime. So I don't know. It looked very tasty, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. No, I bet it was. Yeah. Um, so something small and succulent. Well, we, we that that rules out rehearsing tomorrow anyway. Um, <laughs> but I think hopefully by next Monday everyone will have converged on the Aylesbury area, and uh, yes. we'll be we'll be back in a bunch. Right. Walking around the gear, stroking beers, going oh. Ooh, oh, oh, fuck, that's what I said I'd do. That kind of thing. You know, you look at things and go, ah! Oh, I was going to sort that out. Um, in fact, I've got my gig laptop here, in, and I'll definitely forget that. In fact, I, must, I must go and put that somewhere really, you know, in the way, by the front door. So, so what's on the gig laptop? Uh, well... For the for the geeks listening, um, main, main it's a program called Main Stage that gener- you know that you use for generating and running samples and sounds and whatnot. Um, and I have all my gig keyboard sounds in in this little MacBook Air um, instead of you know in the old days I had Kurzweil and various samplers and things that worked better but were heavier <laughs> maybe they didn't work better maybe i'm being harsh I've, i think i'm just a little bit um nostalgic about the kurtzweil have you made a decision about the roland are you going to take the new piano out on the road or are you sticking with the yamaha that's a good question and the answer is that I've done a deal with the with the devil in the form of Jens Newholm, uh, our lighting designer, not to play any keys on this tour. Um, wow. Because they get in the way of his lights. 
So I, I'm not taking piano out on this tour, and the set list has been selected accordingly. Uh, so there we are. Right. So any so anyone aching to hear fantastic place, I better tell you now it, it won't happen because um, I aren't got any keyboard. Or I guess Hollow Man. Uh huh. Well, you can work um, it out from there, really. Yeah, you can. Well, that brings us to something, actually. That brings us because somebody it brings out me to all sorts of tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Roland, your your new um, favoured um, piano I have it provider. Here. Roland have got something called a V accordion. Oh yeah, yeah, I read that. A V accordion. Hello. Mm. Yeah, but for mm. someone who can't play the accordion, it's probably not the ideal instrument, is it? I I think I think that's a little <laughs> defeatist, actually. <laughs> if you want my honest view. Get it? Well, you know, I'm gonna Now maybe you would mention gonna, that to Jens. I'm gonna get old. See if an accordion I? cuts it. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I get a bit older, I could stand on a bridge in Amsterdam with me with me hat out. I think there's a lot of people still on bridges in Amsterdam. It's not the hats they've got out. <laughs> I I could see you doing fantastic place on an accordion. Oh, I think you say do fantastic place on a bridge in Amsterdam. <laughs> you had to have well, I could see you doing that as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's always I could, a struggle. I could definitely see. <laughs> right. Now, I, I actually know the European um, MD of Roland. Would you like me to have a word? Well, uh, you know, we can get one for nothing. It'd be good to have it around the studio. I'd, I can't guarantee I will burst onto the stage playing it. Do you not want to be, a, a, you know, a, the face of the Roland V accordion? You know, I did see a bloke in, uh, and I'll tell you where it was, it was in Stuttgart in a mall, right round the back from that, that famous shop that sells the guns and the wedding dresses. Um, and he, there was a busker in the mall, and he had this ginormous accordion I don't know what it was, but it was a big thing. And it sounded like a church organ. It was massive. And he was playing Toccata and Fugue on it. And uh, it sounded extremely convincing. It was like a man with a cathedral down his trousers. It was oh, like a man with a cathedral down his trousers. I got my money out. I got it. I, I got my money out and chipped in my god listen to that what kind of an accordion that's enormous so uh, yeah you could do that <laughs> you could have the big you could have the, <laughs> the big church organ coming out <laughs> I, I think you should I just I, I, Every, I don't know, every few seconds I feel I just need to apologise for this episode. I just, I, I don't know why. The Steve Winwood Hammond. You can have that sound. Just so glad we made yeah. it. Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you could. You could. You could. You could dash to to, to stage left. In fact, if you could work out a little bit to get a bit of Takata and Fugue into some form of... Maybe Takata and Fugue is the missing bit of Strange Engine. Maybe the keyboard solo ought to go, and maybe it ought to be some form of Takata and Fugue. You, foot on a, foot on a wedge, hair, wind blowing through your hair, get a well, fan the... on top of your riser. Right, yeah. OK, well, that's gone as far as it's going. So, back, yeah. back to the cafe back to the cat. Well, I, I, I actually feel we need to think about maybe knocking this episode on the head fairly shortly because I'm starting to get a lot of strange glances now. Are you? From a lot of... Yeah. Have you got any trousers on? <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know. You, you haven't got your immaculate legs stretched out, have you? On the other side no, of the desk because no. that would stop traffic. No, no, I don't have my immaculate legs. You, you've, you've taken a bit of a shine to my legs this week, haven't you? Honestly, I'm knocked out. I'll put this in context. Ant sent me a picture of him relaxing from the waist down, if you can relax from the waist down, uh, on, um, on a sun lounger. And it just said, Buenos Noches. And, and all I could see was this, this great pair of legs with um, a sort of... Um, what should we call it? Well, sort of... Um, what colour is your toenail varnish, Anthony? Uh, mulberry. Mulberry. With mul- mulberry uh, painted toes. Uh, looking for all the world like the, like the bottom half of a supermodel. And I thought, what on earth has he been up to? He's either, it's either his missus or he's been leaning over girls' sun lounging discreetly taking <laughs> pictures of them. I don't know if that's legal. It's definitely not wholesome. So I said, are they your legs? In jest. And he comes back and goes, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm here to tell you that Ant has legs that Danny LaRue could only dream of. He, he perhaps did. And that may well be... Um, <laughs> may well be why it keeps going quiet in the calf. Anyway, if you've got those stretched out... Then. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I'm right. just literally no. t- talking. The problem is, I'm talking quite loud for the recording. Have you got, you got your corduroy trousers and hobnail boots on then? Have you gone the other yeah, way? Yeah. yeah, I've gone the other way. I've gone the other way. Yeah. And, 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 and a neckerchief and, and one of those shirts without a collar. Yeah, I've definitely gone. I've gone pit side. Uh, there's, there's no doubt. Should we get. Should we, you've recorded the diary already, haven't you? Yes. Should, should we go to the diary then? Yes. It's a bit hissy. It's a bit hissy. I've got this new incredibly fabulous microphone that I've managed to make it sound like worse than the other one. But I'm... It's probably a gain structure thing. Yeah, I don't doubt it. It's a gain structure thing. Mm -hmm. Might be a bit of a... I think it might be the manly compressor that I applied to it. I think it could be the manly being a little bit not very manly. Um... So I've removed that for the purposes of this conversation. But the diary was just a little bit hissy, so... um, But people love that, don't they? I could always overdub a few vinyl scratches on top of it for good measure. Well, I think it'll be a welcome change for the person who's wandering around collecting cups and saucers in in the place I'm at. So, uh, (laughs) I think think a bit of hiss will be... That'll be a welcome relief. Well, let's let's go to you talking with a bit of hiss. Mm. Well, here I come. I'm going. I'm where? Where was I on my way to? 
Oh, I was getting on the... Oh, my Lord, it was the, it was the merch girl. Yes, we had a merch girl called Mary who only lasted one show because um, she did one show, behaved herself, had a day off and God alone knows what she imbibed during that day off although legend has it 27 empty beer bottles were found in her hotel room. Um, but the state she was in when I got, got to lay eyes on her again was... was that more than beer had happened, let's put it that way. I've never seen anyone flying at that height before. Um, so that was entertaining. And uh, she had to be fired the following morning by, by uh, Quinner, who famously said, Now, if you don't calm down, I'm going to have to hit you. To her. And then, and, then, and then discreetly suggested that we gaffer tape her, her ankles and wrists together and put her in a bunk. And I said, well, what if she dies? We're all going to be in jail. <laughs> That's not going to look good when the cops arrive, is it? Um, so we didn't do that. But that was interesting. That was an interesting start to a tour. And there's also a bit of Middlesbrough in there, um, which was interesting, um, because we got, we got halfway through soundcheck and then realised that John Otway was playing next door with Wilco Johnson and Norman Watroy, the bass player from the Blockheads. Hello. So I was round the corner very fast to see that. So that was quite an interesting couple of days. Here it comes. Wednesday, 16th of November. Home bus. Had decided to go straight to the studio from the pub. Said bye-bye to Dizzy and half the village and drove to the racket club in Dizzy's Jeep so she could hang on to my car while I'm away. Parked up and admired the big pink tour bus, which was almost ready to leave. Was greeted in the car park by Colin, who said, Mary the merch girl is hammered. You better humour her. Understood. He wasn't lying. I got on the bus and said hello to Phil, Brian, Jens and upstairs Pete was sitting at the front. Went back down to the lower lounge. Mary appeared shortly after. I have never seen anyone so out of it. She couldn't form words but she kept lunging towards people, me included, to say things no one could understand. Whenever she left the lounge, much debate ensued about which particular cocktail of drugs could have reduced her to this state. She seemed some way beyond the effects of mere alcohol. It was almost strange because she had acted perfectly normally yesterday at the Aylesbury show and was a paragon of quiet efficiency the day before that whilst loading the truck at the racket club. This was an entirely different human being. Blimey. There was much suppressed mirth from the crew with each new attempt she made to talk or stand up and move about. She seemed very concerned about my throat not getting cold and kept attempting to wrap a scarf around my neck. Soon the bus was underway and I sat in the lower lounge talking to Phil and Quinna. As the journey progressed, 
she became violent and began throwing punches at Quinna, who eventually said, Now, if you don't calm down, I'm going to have to hit you. Rich came to the rescue and took her off to try to talk her down nicely. He failed and returned a full hour later saying that, quote, either she goes or I do. I asked why and he said, quote, because I'm crew boss and I'll be responsible for her and there's no way I can be. Fair comment. Somewhere in amongst all this, she had fallen over completely rigid on her face and was now sporting a very fat lip, which wasn't making it any easier to understand her. Later, I heard Quinna asking for gaffer tape to bind her wrists and ankles together. I advised against this on the grounds that if she wakes up dead, a distinct possibility considering the state she was in, we'd all be put behind bars. After a while, it went from being funny to being distinctly uncomfortable, so I went to bed. Didn't sleep very well. It always takes a couple of nights to get used to bus sleep. Thursday, 17th of November, Wolverhampton Civic Hall. Woke up for the first time on this tour's tour bus. Regrettably, the bunks on this one don't have windows, so you have to get up to know where you are. I put it off as long as possible, wondering what had become of Mary, the smashed merch girl. The bus was quiet. Most of the crew were up working in the gig. I recognised the familiar side wall of Wolverhampton Civic Hall. Dressed and wandered into the gig, where I was met by the usual scurry of bodies, flight cases and the shouts from above as lights were being rigged. Found the catering room where there was a breakfast buffet set up and made myself a coffee. Sat for quite a while by the TV, half watching, half talking, half working. There's Wi-Fi here, so I logged on and sent a couple of emails to Ian, who would be still at home. Eventually, Quinner appeared to say that he'd fired the merch girl. After last night's display, there's no way we could leave her in possession of a big bag of cash every night. Quinner said she'd got up, opened a bottle of beer, lit up a cigarette and gone and had a dump in the bus toilet. This is a cardinal sin, only to emerge without flushing it. Wow, pure class. I'm glad I didn't have to tell her. Looks like we've got the tour off to a controversial start. We're going to need someone to sell merch then. Told Quinna the joke about the Barbie dolls which Sally had sent me by email and went off to find the dressing room. There are whirlpool baths in the dressing rooms here, very luxurious. Ran a bath. It took ages. When the bath was finally full, I turned off the water and noticed all kinds of flotsam, mostly dust, dead creatures and bits of grass, providing a film of scum on the surface. This kind of put me off, so I pulled the plug and had a shower instead. Spent another hour or two working on my oil song demo. One oil man deserves another. It's coming along nicely. Tonight's opening act, Wanderlust, had put a bottle of champagne and a card in our dressing room. Nice touch. Around mid-afternoon, I was on stage checking monitors when Ian, Lucy and Steve arrived. I filled them in on Mary's antics last night to the amusement of all and slight embarrassment of Lucy, who had hired her. Sound checks seemed to pass without incident, although I don't think anyone's happy with their sound yet. Even I don't know what to ask for to improve it. I tried placing some overall EQ across my ear and ears, but I'm not sure it helped. 
went back to the bus for a power nap and then returned to the gig to catch the end of Wanderlust's set. They gave a spirited performance, although clearly not used to the situation. Then we were up. The crowd again lived up to our expectations. It's always a great vibe here, and it's a shame to have this show so early in the tour. We weren't at our best, still debugging the keyboard rig, Willie's Everend, and not yet having arrived at a comfortable monitor situation. But I did my damnedest, and I think we left with our reputation grazed, but not ruined. Wanderlust helped by getting down between the barrier and the stage, and collectively getting down on every note we played. Bless them. After the show, I chatted with them for a while. Nice people. Seemed awfully grateful for the chance. The drummer's girlfriend was wearing a black, sable Russian hat. Asked her if I could have a feel. The hat, I mean. Amazingly dense and silky fur. Worth 700 quid in London, but she said you can get them for 60 in Russia if you know people. Gorky Park. Went to bed, composing a bawdy poem about a girl called Mabel but I think I nodded off before I completed it. Friday, 18th of November, Middlesbrough, the Empire. Got up around 7.45 and went down to the lounge. We were parked up at the side of an A-road and the bus juddered sideways as each truck and car sped past. Outside was beautiful countryside, completely white over with frost. I could see hills over to the right, the Yorkshire Dales, fantastic. I felt like getting into some thick clothes and going for a walk across the fields. It wasn't really an option. Brian, the lighting assistant, who seems to function perfectly and hyperactively on three hours sleep per night, quite a handy metabolism for lighting crew, appeared, and we chatted for a while until I decided I really should go back to sleep. When I next awoke, we were in Middlesbrough city centre. I got up and went and had a look in the gig. Loads of character, but really shabby backstage, like the Astoria in London. It's an old music hall kind of theatre, but it's been refitted in a kind of gothic style. Statues in the hall and griffins on the bar. It was like being in a nightclub in Narnia. I went to the ladies' toilet to freshen up and was intrigued to discover an enormous pink dispensing machine selling sex toys. Quite a range of stuff too, including... Vibrators, knob rings and various other metal fittings, edible lube, ribbed finger attachments and more that I can't remember. Priced up to about 12 quid. Wouldn't have known what to do with half of it. Never even saw such machines in London. Looks like Middlesbrough's hardcore. Went up three flights of stairs to the dressing rooms. Horrible, cold, damp. Smelled like a bedsit and was similarly decorated with wood chip and crappy posters. Jesus, places like this make me feel distinctly unsuccessful. Walked down the street and found a cafe still doing breakfast. They were playing Christmas songs on the stereo. I guess it's upon us now. We certainly have the weather for it. It's bloody cold out. But there's still girls going by outside with bare midriffs like it's midsummer. They suffer for their glamour, these northern girls. I ordered bacon and eggs and toast and a mocha coffee and cheered up as I dreamed back to my own young Christmases. In those days, I didn't just believe in magic. It used to tingle inside me. Then you outgrow it and you have to wait until you have your own children so you can witness it happen again. 
I love Christmas. Mad Jack arrived and joined me. We're still talking. Quite unusual at this point in a tour. We returned to the bus and I tried to find him an Ethernet lead, but I didn't have one. He needed it for something or other. I long since stopped listening to all talk of computers. He managed to get one from Quinner and strode off with his usual sense of zealous purpose. I stayed up in the back lounge and worked on mixing my demo of the oil song so I could play it to Aziz and Dahl in Manchester tomorrow. I was still fiddling around on the laptop when Quinner came to take me to do an interview with some chap who turned up. He has some kind of internet rock radio station and seemed to be a fan. I was taken back to the bedsit in the sky where I joined Rothers for the interview. The DJ said it would only take 15 minutes. They always do. It took 45 at least. They always do. He went away happy and I went downstairs to the stage to try and fix my Kurzweil levels, which had been a little wrong. Soundcheck passed without hysteria, although it took ages as usual. We have so much to check. I alone am generating inputs from a Yamaha P250 stereo piano, Kurzweil K2500 stereo sampler, sometimes played from the P250 and sometimes played from my radio MIDI cricket bat via a MIDI merge box, acoustic guitar, mono straight to PA, and electric guitar, mono mic'd up from a combo guitar amp. I must also set levels for my centre mic and the mic at the piano, along with a vocal reverb which is applied to my vocal monitor mix simply to make me feel good. Then there's God knows how many drum inputs from Ian. I set an overall level for this, but sometimes I just kick drum and hi-hat levels within it. Steve Rother regenerates separate Marshall and Roland amplifier levels, plus, when he plays it, a 12-string acoustic guitar, which goes mono straight to PA. Are you bored or mystified yet? Then there's Mark, generating an overall keyboard mix, stereo, along with separate stereo loops, stereo samples, mono bass pedals, and a vocal mic. Pete generates a mix of bass guitar, which is DI'd, and mic amplifier, mono, along with his vocal mic. He plays various MIDI pedals and audio samples managed by Mark. Occasionally, he may play acoustic guitar. No wonder it often takes longer than the show, two hours plus, to sound check. Sometimes I feel like I've done two shows each day, and I almost have. During the sound check, who should walk into the gig but John Otway? He's playing next door in the town hall with a band called The Hamsters, including guest appearances by Otway and none other than Wilco Johnson and Norman Watroy, the Blockhead's amazing bass player. Too good to miss. I said I'd be over as soon as I got off stage and he said he'd stick us on the guest list. Tonight's an early show, 8.15, no support, so there wasn't much time to relax before we were back on stage. I enjoyed the show, a bit chaotic and very cosy on stage, but I think we did well. Afterwards, I stuck a jacket on and went next door. On my way, I bumped into Yannick Gertz, Iron Maiden's guitar player, who'd popped in to see our show. He's a lovely chap and he seemed to have enjoyed it. Middlesbrough seems to be the ligging capital of rock and roll. Who'd have thought it? 
I arrived in the town hall in time to buy a beer and talk to Otway before he mounted the stage to perform the Osmond's Crazy Horses. And then the highlight of my evening when Norman and Wilco got up and finished the show with Ian Dury's Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. Sadly, I never caught Ian and the Blockheads live, but this was a glimpse of how it must have been. What a bass player. What a bass line. The whole song's a bass solo, really. And Otway added the necessary lateral energy to the lead vocal. I hope Ian caught it from somewhere in the spiritual ether. I'm not religious, but I sent him a prayer. You never know. Afterwards, I went back to the bus and then to the hotel day room to shower. The shower at the gig looked like you'd catch a venereal disease if you so much as pulled back the curtain, wearing rubber gloves. Left my hideously expensive and totally fabulous Jean-Paul Gaultier black jeans in the hotel room, never to be seen again. Middlesbrough, good night. And we're back. Yeah! Um, To the sound of a man grilling pilchards, if we were in (laughs) Portugal, but we're not. So I'm not quite sure what he's doing. Uh, I had a choo-choo this morning. Hello. Say that again. A choo- I, had a, I had a choo-choo this morning. What, you got on a train? Or you, was it, is it some kind no, of o- no. opal fruity sweet? Or, uh, no, no, is no. It? X, it's X-U-X-U, I think it's spelled. Oh. I think that's how they spell it. And basically, so imagine, imagine a sort of croissant thing about... It's got to be a good six inches, um, right. covered in sugar and filled with um, confectioner's cream, like that kind of slightly custardy cream thing. Right, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, you had one of those? That's and a choo-choo, was, is it? And it? Yeah, it's a choo-choo, and it was gorgeous. And I, I, as soon as I ordered it and bought it, because we, we ate it in the street, it was a little bit, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't the classiest thing I've ever done, uh, particularly as I got cream all over myself. But... Um, it was dense. It was that proper... You know when you pick something up and you go... something. If something's really light, you think, oh, I can't do with that much harm. This, this thing was like... It was a coronary in pastry. A coronary in pastry. But it was fantastic. Oh, oh. A choo-choo. Vibes has got a friend called, called John Chu. He's Chinese. And his, his name is John Chu. Uh, X-U. And uh, I quipped, is he from Honshu? Because if he was John Shue from Honshu, that would be quite amusing. And Vibes yeah. nailed me with he na- nailed me with one of those stares, and uh, didn't dignify it with a reply. Jack does that with me. Jack turned round to me the other day. I don't know what I did. I said, I said something, and Jack just turned round to me with a deadpan straight face and said, "Don't ever do that again, Dad." And that was it. Conversation finished. Yeah, I get a lot of those now. Yeah, yeah, I've turned into that slightly embarrassing, jovial old bloke that, um, you know, embarrasses you in front of your mates. Maybe I've always been that person. You're going with slightly embarrassing, jovial? Yeah, I think that's probably how Richard Barbieri views me, let alone the kids. I'd really like to know what Richard really thinks about a few things, actually. <laughs> yeah, so would so would his mother. 
<laughs> I don't ask him. I bet nobody there. No. That's the problem. No, you can't go there. But the, no. uh, the, the, the porcupine tree tour is selling incredibly well. I swapped text with him and he said it's, it's flying out. They've sold 11,000 tickets in Amsterdam. Um, and they've sold Wembley Arena out and God knows what. So I think, I think Marillion should have 10 years off. Put our feet up, you know, and then, then return to the world triumphantly. Sell, sell out humongous halls. That's that seems to be the way to go. You ought to put that forward. See how that goes down. <laughs> well, it'll go down. The, the ten years off thing will go down very well, I should imagine. <laughs> it's just the ten years without any income that might be tricky. Oh, it's always a flaw, isn't it? It is always a flaw. Ten years, and we'd, we'd yeah. have to get proper jobs. I'd be in Tesco's in Brackley. <laughs> which, if you, here's a question I've always meant to ask you, actually. If you were to work in Tesco, which would be your preferred department? Do they have departments in Tesco? Well, they must all have a deli and things like that. Ah, oh, right. Don't they? Um, I used to work in a deli when I was young. Um... My preferred department would be the drink, I think. <laughs> I don't know why I bothered. I don't know why I even bothered. Because I, I wasn't going to get a sensible answer, was I? <laughs> That's, I'm very yeah. serious about that. Right, right. I could, I, I could um, be the man that removes the little plastic collars from the necks of the... Of the ex- more expensive bottles to stop the punters running off with them. I could have those keys. That would be great. Right. <laughs> so you'd be the guy that people would come to if they wanted expensive liquor. <laughs> exactly. I could, yeah. I think, I think that's a match made in heaven. Yes. I can almost hear the keys jingling. Do you think you'd be better in Tesco, or do you think you'd be better as one of those guys in B&Q? I could see you in an orange apron. Oh no, I would die of depression in, inside about an hour and a half in B&Q. I, I, I think I could weather, I could weather the storm of of, uh, of Tesco's, but B&Q, oh my God, no, I think uh, they'd find me dangling from a rope for about two hours. Right, okay, so what we've... It's nice we've and, e- nice so and easy is... to find a rope and be in cute. <laughs> and a place to string it from. You know, so you, you, you're set up, really, for hanging. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think you've got your choice of various methods to do yourself in and be in cute. You really are. you can be a bit more inventive than you're that. S- you're spoilt for choice. Massively. You are spoilt for choice. Yeah. Um, I think... We should probably call it a day, really, because um, well, I, I really am quite concerned about how this is going to turn out. You're very confident, aren't you? Well, I'm, I'm a bit of the I'll pull up the ladder, Jack. I'm in the boat, mate. I've, I've, my, my, my side of it's going to sound lovely. <laughs> I, can always just, I can always just turn you down. It'll be all right. <laughs> you turn me off. <laughs> I'm not your best... Your best. Your best chance this week might just be to turn me off. <laughs> really. Uh, well, it was a manful effort in the cafe, Anthony. Well done. 
Well, one thing we should say, and, mm. and actually we should try and remember to put something on, on Patreon, Patreon to this effect. It is Thursday. The bit we haven't mentioned is it's Thursday. It's the 1st mm. of September. It's normally out by tomorrow. It could be a little bit late. It very likely will be, yeah. I'm so, um, quick reminder, in, in, one of us needs to just pop something on this afternoon just to say don't panic because last time we were a little bit late when we'd recorded on the Friday morning after the after the Trevor Horn gig people did start to get a little concerned that you weren't well I mean nobody was bothered about me but they were a little concerned that you weren't well um, <laughs> well I'm much more likely to not be well than you that's why you know it's, I mean who are you going to put your money on for a sudden tragic accident <laughs> I think I'm, I'm more easily replaceable than you are I think that's what it comes down to <laughs> Oh, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll speak to you. I'll speak to you next time in from my normal surrounding. I'll I'll try and see if I can get some form of sound effects in the background to mimic this experience. You can hire a few people in with you know with bits of crockery banged together in the background. Yeah. In a sort of mariachi band sort of style. They could keep leaning over you. Yeah. And tinkling. Who was? band who did, didn't we have a lovely time the day we went to Bangor, they could perhaps come in and shake some stuff yeah. Fiddler's Dram oh. where the hell did I oh. get that from? Oh that's worrying, now that's the kind of thing our Sue would have had, bam, you know like, yeah. right there, bam. front of the mind, that would have taken me the rest of time oh. and still never to remember When we get off I'm going to WhatsApp her and say Sue, who did, didn't we have a lovely day the day we went to Bangor Right, well I'll bet 50 quid she doesn't have to Google it. Right. Okay. I'll let you know, folks. Well, it's it, it's been lovely, people. I I you know I think it's had a vibe, and we're going to find out for sure when we hear the recording. <laughs> <laughs> I am seriously seriously concerned about this. I I can still It'll hear people. I can still hear people talking in the background, and they sound like you know the Peanuts movie. Whenever the grown-ups said anything in the Peanuts movie, it just went, didn't it? And it sort of sounds like the grown-ups in the Peanuts movie are in your cafe. Yeah, you've just insulted an entire nation there, haven't you? Not for the first time. Deserts of Sudan and the gardens of Japan, from Milan to Yucatan, every woman and every man. Hit me with your rhythm stick, hit me, hit me, je t'adore, ich liebe dich.
Thank you, everyone, for supporting Ant and me. Without you, where would we be? On a more relaxed holiday for a kickoff. Thank you, Adam Burton. Thank you, Catherine Bolt. Stu Parry and the Baroness. Josephine Elliott, Linda Heath, Rich Faulkner, and Mary Meany, Tracy Kirage. Stephen Mayer Sars Golden Keen Will Leggett Alessandro Carmassi and Jen Phillips Blashka Paul Norris Thanks Josh Meinker Talk to you soon. Go easy in the bad world. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.